0: gift for free that's t-h-r-i-v-e market.com slash truth talks thrivemarket.com slash truth talks hey friend you're listening to truth talks with tara a podcast dedicated to helping you know love and live god's word i'm your host tara and i am so glad that you're here Each week, we'll dive into scripture together. We'll answer questions we all have about the Bible and about how to live for God, as well as learn from some of my amazing friends and guests. If you want to see how God's word can truly change your everyday life, this show is for you. My prayer is that we would all grow in our knowledge of God so that we can live boldly for Him. So what do you say? Let's get into it. Hey! Thanks so much for joining me for another episode of Truth Talks with Tara. I want to apologize for my voice. Thankfully, this episode I did not record when I have this little cold congestion situation, but I am really humbled and honored to have my new friend Lisa on the show today. And we're talking about something hard, but something really, really good. Lisa just came out with a book called Life Can Be Good Again. And so this conversation is covered in so much real, raw emotion. And that's something that we're digging into today, emotions. How can we process our emotions, when life feels like it's fallen apart, when there's a loved one that has passed away, when we're going through a health crisis, when the world shuts down, when we go through a breakup, whatever that may be, sometimes there's situations in our lives where it feels like life has just fallen apart and we don't know if we can hope again or if that life is ever going to be as good as it used to be. And so Lisa's on the show to tell her personal story of how God helped her work through emotions, how to mourn, and then also how to move past fear of what could happen in the future and then actually hope again and get excited in the Lord. She shares a lot of her personal wisdom on the subject. So if you're not sure how life can be good again for you after moving on from something in your life, I'd encourage you to tune in. As always, we would love to hear what you thought of the episode, what points really stood out to you by maybe reposting this to your Instagram stories and tagging me and Lisa and letting us know what the Lord really did in your heart to this episode, as well as a rating and review if you have the time. It's the best way to partner with the show and share what the Lord's doing so we can get this show out to more ears. If you could pause and take a few moments, that's the best way to help us hand in hand to get the gospel out there to help more people know, love, and live God's word. Alright, I'm done with the spiel. This episode is too good. We gotta get into it. Without further ado, here's my conversation with Lisa. Hey, Lisa, thank you so much for being here on the show. I feel so fortunate to be able to meet so many new friends, especially lately on the podcast. So I just want to thank you for being here. I am really looking forward to this conversation. I know we've had to kind of play a little bit of the schedule game, and but we're finally here and we're sitting down and we're having this conversation and I'm excited to introduce you to the people listening. But before we get into your story, and celebrating your book and this message, would you mind just sharing a little bit more about who you are, what you do, and all those good things? Sure.
1: Yes. So excited to be with you today, Tara. So thank you so much. I am a single mom of seven. That probably most defines my life and my day and my time. Um, having said that, five are launched. So I have two that are in the home, but five who wow. are kind of grown and flown. But um, the myth is that they no longer take up space, but they take up a lot of space in my life. <laughs> yep. um, good space. And, yeah, good <laughs> space. Exactly. And I am a um, an author. I'm a speaker. And really, just have a passion to help people who are find themselves in a storm of life, find themselves navigating a loss maybe they didn't see coming. And I've done that through, you know, uh, teaching the Bible, through meeting with people, women over coffee, excuse me, coffee, and just, you know, with um, talking online with women. Yeah. Yeah, I think
0: you do it beautifully, and I love how the first thing you said was, I am a mom, you know, of seven, because that's that's the biggest thing that God has given you in your life. And being a new mom myself, I'm like, this is the greatest thing, and that's how I want to introduce myself from now on. Um, seven is incredible, by the way. Um, whenever you have a big family, people are just like, Wow. <laughs> It's incredible this morning. I think it was actually yesterday you posted it, but I was looking at your instagram stories and you were sharing some just fun news that has been happening with your with your kids and um, Them having their own kids and just so much to celebrate and I think that's amazing that you get to see Your kids have kids now um, I talked to my parents and then my husband's parents and they think it's so surreal They're like you were just little babies and now you're having your own babies. I'm sure you
1: probably feel that way <laughs> I do. But it's, you know, I will never take it for granted. There was a time in my life where I was so fearful about how they would react and how they would, you know, how they, how I would get them to be at this point Yeah, as a single mom, because yeah. I never saw that coming. So right. to see them thriving in all the ways is just such an answer to prayer.
0: Yeah, and I love that. It's that's exactly what it is. It's by God's grace. It's it's by you being obedient and just pushing through, like you said, even in those storms of life. So. I love getting to hear that. I'm excited to celebrate this book today and this message. It's more than a book. It's 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 the heartbeat of your life, I really think. And I think that's cool that that's how really good books come about. And that's how God's um, what God puts on your heart really comes about is because it's a really big part of your life. So I'm not going to spoil it. We're going to get into it in a second. But um, before we jump into the conversation... It's one of my favorite things to get to ask my friends on the show, something that they're loving. Um, just like literally anything, we've had the most random things. Some people are like, do I have to make it like a book of the Bible or a verse, make it super spiritual? I'm like, no. Like we've had the craziest things. So is there something that you're loving in your
1: life right now, Lisa? Because we'd love to hear it. <laughs> there is. And this is not super spiritual. Hey, it's okay. But it will change your life.
0: I'm excited. It is
1: Thrive Cosmetics Liquid Lash Extensions. I had to go pick it up out Ooh. of my. Somebody gave this to me. I was at a conference nice. and this was in the swag bag. It's the Fun. best swag I have ever gotten. <laughs> yes, makeup. So now <laughs> I've got to go look this up and buy this for like every woman in my family. and That's you amazing. Know. So is it is it their mascara or is it like a product that like helps your lashes or – so I use it like mascara. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not, um, it's not a primer or anything like mm-hmm. that. I use it as my mascara, my only mascara. I put on one coat and you will see, like once it's on, Wow. I don't know if you can see right now because I just ran in from an appointment, but... I love it. And my daughter comes in and I'm like, don't steal that. You have to use it right here in my bathroom. <laughs> yeah. Because
0: it'll disappear. But yes. at least you would know where to find it. I guess maybe in her, in her space. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. Makeup is like such a fun thing. I like – my mom has like – she's always worn makeup, but she never was like super into it. And so when I got older, I like started like watching all the YouTube videos. And like I had a lot of fun learning and like exploring makeup and I still do. So I'm going to have to try that because I've heard – a lot of good things about thrive but I'm kind of funny with mascaras though so maybe I'll just have to give it a try but like mine I don't know if it's like genetically because some of my other Asian friends have the same problem is that like our eyelashes are so straight and they don't hold a curl very well so I just I just have to try mascaras all the time
1: different ones yeah. to see if they work. <laughs> I know. And see, I don't know about this one. You'll have to try it and see liquid lash extensions. So, I've never had extensions, but this is the closest thing I'm going to get to it.
0: Well, (laughs) I like the sound of that. (laughs) That's so fun. I literally love that. Okay, everyone, check it out and then let Lisa and I know what you think if it's worked for you. So, that's such a fun way to start the show. It's so fun to see like glimpses into people's everyday lives. But um, to our topic today, to our conversation, friends, we are celebrating Lisa's book that just launched her first book. And I have it right here with me. You guys can't see it, but you can hear it. Um, It's called Life Can Be Good Again, um, Putting Your World Back Together After It All Falls Apart. Lisa, when did this launch? I know this episode is going to come out a few weeks after we record it here, but when was the official launch date of this? The official launch date was April 19th. All right. So we, okay.
1: Yeah, we're a few so weeks out.
0: Yep. Okay, that's incredible. And I, the day I got it, I actually zoomed right through it. I had a couple extra hours with baby sleeping, and I am kind of missed reading because you know those that newborn stage, you're kind of in a fog, and so I was able to get back into reading and just I zoomed right through it. And friends listening, just I cried with Lisa. I rejoiced with Lisa. This book. Is incredible. So I know that we want people to read the message, but if you would share just a little glimpse into your story and how it really influenced your book, um, as I read it, I got to like I said, rejoice and also my heart break with you. And
1: so just to kind of give our listeners a glimpse into how this came to be. Sure. So our you know this really started ten years ago, and um, ten years sounds like a long time. I think. I would have thought ten years would be so, you know, such a long time. And there yeah. has been a lot of life, but but grief warps time. And so it's mm. also been, you know, I remember those details and will and they are they are ingrained in me. Um, but on a very normal, what I thought was a normal Friday morning, it was still dark out, I woke to my husband's funny breathing on the pillow next to me. And I really mm. wasn't awake to even open my eyes, but, um, I reached my hand over and just nudged him and said, it's just a nightmare, hun." And I fully expected him to turn over and we'd go back to sleep and we'd wake up to his alarm in a couple hours. But as I woke more, because he didn't turn over, I flipped on the overhead light and I could see immediately that something was very wrong mm-hmm. and called out to him. He did not respond. Um, as it happened, my older, my kids, all of them actually were on sleeping bags outside of our room. And the older ones had heard me cry out to him and came, you know, were coming in to help. Um, our four-year-old had crawled in the middle of us because Mm. I think she did this like almost every night. And so there she was in between the two of us. So I just went into crisis management mode. You know, there are no scripts for these kinds of these times in life. Uh, mm -hmm. And, um, So I just began saying, you know, Rachel, take the little ones upstairs. Nick, call 911. Seth, go down and get our fireman neighbor. Just trying to do all the things we could. I started CPR. The operator started walking me through. And I didn't even get through two rounds of CPR when the paramedics came. They are right outside of our neighborhood. So I thought, Mm -hmm. okay, he is in good hands. And I began pacing. They would not let me stay in the room. But I began pacing outside the room just crying out audibly to the Lord, you know, Mm. Lord, have mercy on us, have mercy on our family. And by this time, all the kids were upstairs. Um, They took him by ambulance to the hospital. Before I left to go to the hospital, I went upstairs to go see the kids and I wanted to pray with them, you know, before I left. And they were all, I will Mm. never forget this picture of them still in a dark room in one of the boys' rooms, huddled together, kind of arms around each other crying. And I wanted to say, it's going to be okay. Yeah. Because that is the mom in us, right? Right. And as those words were on my lips, I realized I cannot promise them that. And so I did the only thing I could, which is I prayed with them and I said, I will be back. And so I left for the hospital. Um, and not long after I got there, they called me to that room. You never want to go in the kind of counseling room. And a very kind ER doctor told me that they had done everything they could and they had never been able to revive Dan. And so that was it. I mean, in the space of one night's sleep, the man that I kissed goodnight just a few hours before, you know, the father to our seven children, this really my high school sweetheart. He, He was actually my first date, my only date you know, the man I thought I would spend the rest of my life with. Like everything shattered, not just our marriage and my child's father, but just every plan, every dream, the rhythm of our family. It was all, all gone.
0: This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. Clarity to be physically active. I'm also really proud that I have instilled regular rhythms of rest in my life and not just rest when I'm burnt out, which was usually the norm. When life moves so quickly, let's just slow down and celebrate our little wins and move forward in faith and make adjustments for the rest of the year. This is your little mid-year check-in. Therapy can help you take stock of your progress and set achievable goals for the rest of the year. So if you're thinking about giving therapy a try, try BetterHelp to keep you on track. It's entirely online so it flows with your lifestyle and you can select a therapist that fits your needs and beliefs, but also feel the freedom to switch at any time to find the best match. Therapy gives you the space to talk about the good, the Bad, the ugly, and process it, which can be really hard on your own. So visit BetterHelp.com slash Truth Talks today and get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, hel dot com Truth Talks. This episode is
1: brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing, whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker. You'll find what you came for
0: here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Yeah, and you know what? I'm so thankful first of all for you sharing this not only here on the podcast but in the book because what you just shared here was exactly what you shared in the book. I mean, more more detail in the book, but you did such an incredible job of like inviting us in into that moment which I know, I mean, I don't know, but I can only imagine how intimate and heartbreaking and just all the emotions associated with that. And so I just want to say thank you because I know that couldn't have been easy. Um, but like we talked about before we even recorded, we started recording, Lisa says that God has used this so much. And I can not only see that in the way that you shared that in the book and in your life and your kids, but for us reading this book too. So I'm just thankful that God gave you the courage and the words to share this and how this is really all that started this message in the last, you said, 10 years of your life. Um, yeah. But yeah, like you, you mentioned, there's just so many emotions and so much... Um, grief and feelings that came after this. Um, and not only just in this moment of crisis, but in life. And so we all, we all struggle with emotions and feelings. And we're told a lot in Christian circles to not let emotions or feelings dictate our lives and, you know, to take these thoughts captive. And there's a lot of Christianese, but then, What happens when we have a life altering, like you said, with even just within a matter of a day, or we discussed how the pandemic has just kind of flipped our lives up on its head or a miscarriage and a lot of friends going through any of those traumas. What happens when we have something like that and we have emotions? Are we supposed to stuff them down? What are we supposed to do? And so just in your last experience, especially in the last 10 years, what has your relationship with those emotions and those feelings been like? And how did God really maybe teach you how to process them? Um, Because I think that's important too. How can we really have this healthy relationship with our emotions?
1: Yeah, such a great question. And you're right. I was grief naive. I did not know this kind of loss. I had walked through hard things before and I had also walked through miscarriage before. Mm, Um, But I had never walked my children through this kind of thing. And um, so, and there's a lot of ways that life can shatter. You're right. It can be a miscarriage. It can be child loss. It could be a husband or spouse who says, I never loved you and leaves It could be, Mm. you know, something we've prayed and asked God for. And that's never come about. Right. So um, the emotions in this, in, in those situations, uh, therapists often call them negative emotions and I'm sure that that's accurate, but I like to call them hard emotions because there's, there's nothing wrong about them. Yeah. And as hard as they are, they are, they're our response to, they're not signs that we're grieving wrong. They're signs that our circumstances have gone wrong. Mm. And, you know, we have, like you, you asked, um, about masking them or escaping them. I think our tendency is to want to just fast forward through that pain. I know I wanted to because they are heavy and they're pain they're physically painful. They, you know, consume so much of our mental and emotional and physical and spiritual bandwidth. But we can't fast forward through it. If we do not grieve on our terms now, grief will come back on its terms later because we have to process the loss. And maybe the first step is if even just calling it grief, because I think in a lot of circumstances, we don't name it as grief. And then we're surprised. Well, that's why I feel like this, because Mm -hmm. it actually was a loss and it triggers these emotions you know, for me, I found that um, these emotions were too much for me. I couldn't, um, I couldn't, they were too much for any one friend to just, you know, vent over coffee. There were too much for me to hold inside and still try to show up for my children. And so what I did was every morning, I would kind of get my kids started for the day and then I would get into my minivan. Some people have a prayer closet, but I have a minivan and I would just, that was my place where I could tuck away and it was quiet. Nobody came in there. I could, cry out to the Lord, I could journal, I could pray, I could just really lay all of those emotions down before the Lord. And then I would pick up the word and because I was I was desperate for for spiritual meat, I mean I was just more than my daily food, I needed God to speak into me so that I could then turn around and help my children and so that I would have hope. But yeah, I would pick up the word and I was reading through the Bible for a year. I had not started that originally, but Dan had been reading through the Bible for a year. Now this was June. So, you know, year was halfway through. I picked up his journal and his reading plan and just picked it up right where, you know, that day was. And whatever the passage was for that day, it could be Leviticus, it could be Psalms. God would always meet me on the pages of scripture Mm -hmm. and remind me of who he is and of his promises. And it was enough hope to go back into the house and parent my kids for that day. It wasn't enough for the week. I had to go back in the next day and do it again. But I began this process. I mean, I just could not really, I mean, it was hard getting out of bed. But Mm -hmm. after I got feet to floor, I could not wait to get in with the Lord because I needed this unpacking every day, this exchange of laying down my grief, my pain, my despair, my anger, you know, all of that questions and then opening the word and being reminded and, and being renewed with his hope. Mm. So, and, and I now know that that's a biblical process that that's lament that it's all over the the word. But at the time I was just a desperate woman, just trying to make it through. And I think that's beautiful. We feel so insecure, at least, I mean, I'm speaking from
0: my own experience, but I know a lot of people can relate, is that we feel so insecure and vulnerable when we're desperate, when we feel like we can't stand up, when we feel like we need to depend on someone else, when, when we're in a situation that is outside of our strength, which is a lot. We just don't like to recognize it, that we need help. But like you said, I think that's beautiful that God brought you to a place where, like you said, you're so desperate where you needed him every single day. And then you need to do it again (laughs) because I think sometimes when, when life's really good, um, when life, you know, doesn't fall apart, when it's not falling apart seemingly, um, we get to a place where we feel self-sufficient. We feel enough on our own. We feel as if we can pick up God when we need him or, oh, it's Friday. I haven't picked up my Bible all week. I should just do it just because instead of out of a desperation for him, which we should have even, even when life is good, even when life is bad. And so I love that you mentioned that something that I was thinking though, is that I think a lot of us know in our hearts that we should, you know, go to the Lord in those desperate times. What happens when, like you said, cause I'm sure you had these moments when you felt, like, okay, I don't want to get out of the bed. I, I, I don't feel like it. I don't feel like getting in the word. I don't feel like running to God and his word, even though maybe I know in my mind that he will meet me. I just don't want to get up and do it. How would you encourage, you know, the friend listening that maybe might be feeling
1: that way? I, so there's a couple things we could do. And one is, is that, um, we, I think we just need to make it a practice and not count on our feelings to motivate us to go to the, the word. even not count on our feelings. Like if we got something out of the word that day, I was, I did, I mean, God was meeting me every day. Psalm 34, I think it's 18 says that God is near to the brokenhearted and saves those crushed in spirit. And I could mm-hmm. certainly feel his presence with me. It's even, you know, though I was hurting terribly. Yeah. But um, yeah, so I would say just just go ahead and and carve out that time. The enemy is so overactive at times when life falls apart. And it's like you can almost feel him trying to get his foot wedged into our family or into our lives. and And so we have to actively combat that, you know, by getting right. into the word. I would say reach out to a friend, reach out to a really good friend who you can, who is safe who you can be honest with and say, uh, pray for me, like, yeah. like commit to pray for me because God will answer that prayer. That is absolutely a prayer God will answer. If you're asking for somebody to ask, you know, to, to draw, for God to draw you close, he will absolutely answer that. And then I would say that um, when we don't feel it, we, it's probably like the time we really need it <laughs> right? because it's you know there's so much going on when life falls apart and we're just on overwhelm but but really our healing is going to come from getting into scripture and being reminded continually just constantly washing the lies of the emotions, the lies of the mm-hmm. enemy, the lies that we the future is gone for us, that everything yeah. good is behind us, that we'll never feel good again and washing that with the truth I love that imagery of washing it over
0: with the truth. You're not saying like stuff the emotions or the feelings down, but take everything that you're feeling and just let truth just shower over you. I think that's a beautiful mental picture that we can sit with and just know that, you know, those two can live hand in hand, but um, to know that we can move forward in it, which was something else that I was going to ask moving, moving on. And that was just, you touched on this in the book too, but how we can have a lot of fear moving, moving on in life. Like you said, and moving on is kind of a scary thing to think about. And I'm sure you thought about that too, you know, after, after Dan passed and, you know, just after, you know, a certain amount of time, you're like, okay, what is, what does the f- future look like? What is, what is next? And so I think a lot of us can have fear of moving on being like, okay, should I actually rejoice? Can I actually get my hopes up again in Christ? Can life be good again? Like the book says after this happening, especially after just a massively devastating thing. But, um, one of my, Friends just came out with a book too talking about or the title is What If It's Wonderful, about how we can rejoice again, how we can have true joy and not actually fear moving forward in life. And so it's kind of kind of the same idea there, but um you share three steps three scriptural steps in your book about how overcome or how to overcome that fear and then um, I was wondering if maybe you'd want to share one or just one thought because we want them to read the book obviously <laughs> but how how God really helped you to overcome that fear of um you know of just what comes next and embrace the future and get
1: get excited about what he can do yes I love Nicole's book by the way yes <laughs> uh, on what if it's wonderful so yes I think we some of your listeners might be familiar with a quote by C.S. Lewis that says, "Who knew?" It's something like, "Who knew fear was such a part of grief?" Mm, wow. And I think when when something happens, you know, something um, tragic or some kind of loss happens, it really opens the door to all this other fear because what seemed remote before, you know, the remote remote has now happened to us, and so we're like all these other things could happen. And I had some very real fears. I mean, I, we were a one income family and that income was gone. Um, I had these kids, I didn't know how they would respond or react to grief. I had seen other families that had had tragedies, the death of a parent and the kids had really had a hard time with it. I was just so fearful. I was fearful for my children's, um, medical, you know, Mm -hmm. Dan had had something underlying that we did not know about. There had been no sign. And so what did this mean for my children medically moving forward? So, and a lot of other fears, but, you know, I realized that it was like a vice grip on my thoughts. I was parenting out of fear. I wasn't able to make decisions. I wasn't able Mm -hmm. to really, it was like just dominating my thoughts. And I was living in this fearful state. And I realized I could not go on like this. Like I had to get a handle on this fear if I was going to be able to move forward. And so I was having coffee with a friend one day, and I was telling very early in my grief, and I was telling her this, and she said, oh, I know this one. And she um, has a diagnosis. She had been diagnosed actually a couple, you know, uh, several years before with a chronic progressive disease. So she has struggled, you know, herself with all the things that could happen, all the what ifs. Yeah. And she, she gave me the scripture in Second Corinthians 10, 5 that says it were to take every thought captive to the truth of Christ. Hmm. And so I began to put that into practice. This was not like pie in the sky. This was something that I very practically began to put into practice in my life. And once I did, once I began to, so the first step, you said, you know, identify the first step. The first step is to call out the lie. Under the yeah, fear, because every fear is driven by some lie. So in my case, what is the lie under, say, our finances? The lie would be that God is not going to take care of us in this financially yeah. in this season, even though he did all the years before, even though he did, you know. And um, of course, there's just so many scriptures that tell us different. And so identifying that lie and calling out was the first step to really getting a handle on my fear. That's incredible because I think a lot of times we don't acknowledge the
0: lie. The lie kind of becomes the reality to us. Like you said in that moment, like, you know, when you specifically were struggling with the idea of finances, that that becomes your reality. Like, okay, well, um, we don't have – there's there's no job. There's no provision. And that becomes the reality. And we sit in that instead of saying, oh, well, that's a lie because God says this is that he will always meet my needs. It might be dicey for a while. Like we have to acknowledge that it's not always going to be sunshine and rainbows, but acknowledging that that's not my reality, that we make our circumstances become our reality um, when God's truth is something else. And so I also think sometimes it's more comfortable to not acknowledge the lie, uh, because sometimes it's just easier to believe that's what's happening. And because sometimes God's truth, I'm just gonna say, sometimes it's hard to believe. Sometimes mm, it's hard to I believe. Yeah. In those moments, like I'm sure you ble- you believe that too with the with the finances, with even just being like, okay, like how are me and the kids gonna get through? How am I going to find joy again? Like I felt that in my life too at times. It's like. God's truth is hard to believe because it's often very, very upside down and very countercultural to what is going on, you know? Yeah.
1: And the question is not a theoretical one, is God faithful? We would probably all nod our head to that. Right. The question is, will God be faithful to me in this? Yeah. And that is always a place of just trust. Mm-hmm. You know, we're we're called to walk that out. Yeah.
0: Yeah, ugh, and it's it's hard, but I think it's really awesome to know that we can see um a big thing about your book too for those who haven't read it yet or are excited to read it is that we you know you talk a lot about God's promises and then who God is. And so if we can look and see about who God has been in the past, um not not only just in Bible times, but in our in the past of our lives, like who was God to me 2 years ago, knowing that he is unchanging and that he is unmutable and that everything that he does He's always done and that he's never going to change. And I think sometimes people think, oh, the fact that God changes seems kind of boring, but it's actually a really cool promise we can hold on to. And that nothing, no circumstance, no tragedy, even as, as hard as it is, is going to silence that or, or shake that, which in those moments of of trauma and grief and just when life falls apart, that's what we need to hold on to, the fact that God's never changing. And that
1: God is not surprised, right? Yes. And it doesn't erase the pain. Yeah. I, people true. can't see me. I've just been nodding and nodding to you. Yeah. Um, it <laughs> yeah. doesn't erase the pain. It is right there. It is very real. and But, but it anchors us in the pain mm, so that we have a way to move through it. Yeah.
0: I think that's, I mean, I'm just even thinking, um, Anne Voskamp came out with a book talking about the way maker and how we can't find a way through life if we don't have the way himself, which is, she's so poetic and beautiful. I just love it. Um, but that's just kind of what reminded me of that is that we can't get through without having our way maker, without having the way to guide us through, through that. And, um, yeah, we're not saying that you have to, discount what you're going through and that the circumstances, it's real. And I think that's actually unhealthy if we do that. I think you would agree. Um, But just knowing that we have a a, a way and a process to, to get through and to find hope on the other side. And ultimately knowing that God can sanctify us and can make him whole, make us holier, make us more like him, um, which I think is something that we can hold on to. So um, as we kind of wrap up, um, I'm just thinking of so many people in my own life, but even those listening that I don't even know your circumstances, you know, Lisa and I don't know exactly what you're going through. There might be things that are hidden, might be things that are on the surface right now in your life, but for those that maybe are experiencing loss or have experienced loss or life just seems to be coming crashing down in any way, it can be a small way, it can be a big way, whatever you classify that as, you know, as we wrap up, how would you encourage them? Like we said, sometimes it's easier to sit in this despair and this brokenness and to be like, okay, well, this is how it's just going to be. But how can life be good again? Um, How can we really trust God when he says to have hope? And um, I don't know, just, just give that word of encouragement as we wrap up this conversation.
1: You know, sometimes it takes a lot longer than we ever expected to, um, to begin moving forward in grief. Or to see, see that we, you know, little signs that we are, we are moving forward in grief. But I, this was a pivotal moment for me. And it was not in the first year, it was somewhere in the second year. So that tells you how long, you know, it was for me. Um, But I was, again, I think I was in my minivan journaling out to the Lord or just talking to him. And I said to myself, or said to God, probably, I don't like my life. Hmm. Like, this is not what I ordered. Wow. And as soon as I said that, this thought came up and it was that God does not have plan B for us, Wow! that though this was unexpected for me, that this, that God had allowed it. Yeah. And as such, it was an intentional chapter two. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I had been, like you said, sitting in that loss, I had been thinking, you know what, I'll just, this is this this is second best. I've gotten the leftovers of the life that I wanted and I'll just have, I'm just consigned to this. I'll just ride this out. And you know, while everybody else is living their best life, but to understand that this, that God doesn't give us second best, that he didn't turn his head or overlook Mm -hmm. something. And so now I was consigned to this leftover life, but that this was God's chapter two for me. And as such, it has as much abundance and good and joy here as all the days before. And it didn't immediately, it didn't immediately like take away the pain or the missing or the loneliness, all those things. But it did realign my heart to the truth that I could lean into until my heart caught up Mm-hmm. that um, that God still had good for me and that God still had abundance for me and that I would see it if I would do the hard work of grief.
0: Wow. I want everyone to go rewind that, listen to that word again. What really stood out to me just briefly, um, what you said was letting your heart catch up and letting the truth of God, like we talked about earlier, wash over you and just kind of command and tell your heart, That even in the moments that you didn't believe it and just repetitively, it can it can feel tiring and monotonous, but just to keep running back to the word, like you said, running back into your minivan, crying out to God, reading the word over and over again until your heart caught up, and then doing that again, daily, daily, daily doing that again. And I think, you know, the person listening, even to me sometimes, it can feel so exhausting to do this, but knowing that God is there and that he meets us and that he will bring that hope. He will bring that truth back and really help us believe that. And so, I'm I'm thankful for that. I'm clinging to that and I will need to, you know, rewind this episode and listen to that word of encouragement again and again in those seasons. So, Lisa, thank you so much. I just I just want to thank you over and over again for this book, but not only for that, but for the way that you've let God use you through your story. Um it, I know it's not easy. Um, I can only imagine it's not easy, but the way that you are meeting hearts and people who need it right now, um, maybe that's exactly. Why God let a lot of this happen in your life, and to Him be the glory for that, you know, as hard as hard as that is. So, I just want to thank you. Um, as we close, for the people that want to hear more about your story, because not only do you get to hear a lot about um, Lisa's personal story and her family in this book, but also just a lot about more of the things that we talked about today about how to overcome fear and process your emotions and um, how life can be good again and putting your life back together um, by trusting God's promises. Um, for those who want to hear that, would you just kind of share where they can find the book um, and where they can? Connect with you too because you share a lot of of your life with the world.
1: Sure. So you can find the book at any online retailer. Um, hopefully, at your local bookstore. I would love if your local bookstore carried it, or even your yeah. library. You can request that your library order it in. Uh, and then you can find, I'd love to connect with you at my site. It's lisaapolo.com, two P's, one L. And there's a book page there with more information, lisaapolo.com backslash life can be good again. I'm on Instagram on lisaapolo. So I would love to connect with you. I answer all my email. So if somebody Perfect. would email me uh, and reach out, I would be happy to, to reply. That's beautiful. I love the connection you're stewarding. I will have everything
0: linked below as far as the book um, and where they can connect with you on socials um, because you guys guys need to get this or send it to a friend. I was just telling Lisa before we recorded that I have many friends walking through certain things. So send them the link to the book gently (laughs) or send them a copy and say, hey, you've been out of my heart. This book has, has truth in it. So that's also an idea. So Lisa, thank you again. I just feel like I'm thanking you over and over, but like, I'm truly thankful for this, this new friendship and connection and your willingness to share so openly, not only with the podcast, but with the world
1: of your story and how God has used to you, because it is truly, it's truly glorified him. And I'm thankful for that. Well, I appreciate you having me. It's been a great conversation. So thank you, Tara.